What's up, y'all? This is Jason. Hey, it's Josh. Welcome to season three. Say that to say this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's do it. Uh, guys, welcome back to season three of Say That to Say This, the Mission St. Louis podcast. Uh, we are excited for our next episode. Uh, you are going to get to hear from uh, our past vistas. Uh, both Katie and Shannon are here with me today. I'm excited for you guys to uh, hear a little bit about their story and impact on Mission St. Louis. So uh, let's get started. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi, hey. good. How are you? So good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for making a little time. Thanks for doing this. We got puppies in the background. We got <laughs> lipstick on, even though this is just like all audio. And uh, we look great, though nobody else can see us. And uh, man, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this. this is like a blast from the past. I was just talking to uh, Shannon. I mean, it's we're coming up on like ten years since you guys were with us. Holy Isn't smokes! That really? Jeez, that makes yeah. me so old. Yes, that's Crazy. wild. Yeah. Hey, so uh, let's let's do this. Um, and uh, Shannon, let me start with you. Will you uh, just talk a little bit about? Give us a little background. Introduce yourself. Um, we, we give a little background on, um, uh, what you did with mission St. Louis and then maybe a little bit about where you are now. Yeah, sure. So I'm Shannon Dickerson. I am a St. Louis native. I was a Vista with mission St. Louis in 2013, which is insane. I was thinking about it this morning. Um, I graduated from college in 2011, came home, started volunteering through the Journey church with mission St. Louis. And um, went from being a volunteer to to a Vista and over the course of like a year or something like that. Um, and it really like started my career and like kind of mm-hmm. like, put me on the path to like what I wanted to do. Um, and now I work at Invest STL as a neighborhood solidarity partner, which is our version of like a grants manager. Um, I get to work directly with um community members in Dutchtown, which is where I now live and own a home. I've been working in community development for about six years or so, got my master's in social work, and truly, truly credit a lot of that to just like coming through Mission St. Louis, Mm. getting um, that on-the-ground experience as a VISTA, getting to know the program, so just like how a nonprofit works. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my role specifically was in media and communications. And so I helped put together a website, put together some videos and really, um, I don't know, just like got a chance to try a lot of stuff, got a chance to Mm -hmm. have some freedom and like learned a ton. Yeah, for sure. I think anyone that was a mystic could say that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys were both there during like the peak of startup mode. So it was like, if you have any... (laughs) If you have any arrow in your quiver, we're, we need it. So, um, yeah. Katie, how about you? <laughs> okay. Wow. So I actually, I graduated college in Ohio where I'm from in two, December of 2012. And then I got in my Hyundai Sonata and I drove 24 hours. I mean, I broke it up over a few days time, but I drove to Colorado to work at, um, like a high-end hotel or whatever in Vail, Colorado, and quickly learned that that was not for me. 
so I was it it was cool but like it's just it's a whole it's a whole different uh I don't know it's a whole different culture and when when you live and work in the mountains um it's like never never land kind of but anyway so I worked with a girl there and she was uh she had been a vista somewhere else and she was like yeah you should like look into AmeriCorps and I was like um yeah like whatever so I made my profile and I like really didn't think anything of it. And then I get a call from Andy Hansen, I believe it was. And yeah. Oh, really? And he was like, uh, we saw your profile and we think you'd be a good fit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the heck? Like St. Louis? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I went through the, uh, yeah, I went through the process and obviously I, I accepted the job and I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. And then I got my car, my Hyundai Sonata and I drove to St. Louis. <laughs> you put some but, miles on that sonata and ultimately while i was in st louis uh tornadic winds knocked over a tree and it fell oh, on my hand right. and, and totaled it so that was a fun time uh but okay so while i was a vista <laughs> the list of what i didn't do would probably be shorter <laughs> i was the volunteer coordinator i was the facebook manager i was event I was I don't even know what else I was I helped at the thrift store I helped make the signage I mean if you have a quiver (laughs) you have an arrow in your quiver oh god yeah so I did a lot I mean but I would say okay so then after that I moved on and I went to I ended up working at the American Cancer Society for five years um and it was like I fully um would like thank my time as a vista at mission st louis for um being like able to get that job being prepared for that job and that was definitely a job that i was a community manager so basically i was a fundraiser but i mean i wore every hat in the book there and i would say that my time at mission st louis definitely prepared me for that like i just yeah it was the best times it was worth it. No, I'm just kidding. We were just really, really poor. But other than that, it was really, really good. <laughs> For those that are maybe tuning in and listening to this, what the heck does VISTA mean? What 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 is an AmeriCorps VISTA? So Vol- VISTA stands for Volunteer in Service to America. And basically, we're all about eradicating poverty in the United States. It's um, through AmeriCorps, which is somewhat like the Peace Corps, but it's domestic. It's wow, look at that. you. That's brilliant. That's great. I mean, that is great. I feel like you crushed it. Yeah, I'm going to take it yeah. one step further. Can I take it one step further? Please, please do. Double click on that, Shannon. <laughs> Volunteers in Service to America are uh, working nonprofits across the country to help them build capacity so that nonprofits yeah. can serve better and do more eradicating of poverty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I would say, I would say, you know, we've we've been able to, to utilize, uh, Vista and the program for, for years. And like, I mean, you guys are a perfect example. I mean, you, we would not be able to have made the strides that we would have without, um, all the Vistas that have walked through our building. And, you know, I mean, there was a, there is a piece, Katie, you, you joked about it earlier, but I mean, you guys were super poor, right? But there's also like, dirt a piece of like dirt <laughs> there was also a piece of of American Vista that was like, hey, we want you to spend some time really experiencing what poverty looked like and felt like. Oh and I mean, yeah, 
you know, there was, there was a, a, you know, there's definitely a piece that you guys walked in and from a capacity standpoint. So um, you didn't get to work on like the front line, right. You had to come in and help like, Hey, how do we grow the health of the organization? And so mm-hmm. you guys invested time into us to, to, to do that, which you guys did an incredible job at. And then the other piece was like, Hey, really getting that experience of what does, what does American poverty look like and and how do you how do you survive any anything that you guys took away from from that aspect we'll get to the mission st louis component i took oh my a God, lot away same i have such a good so much. okay okay well i can i'll go first because i can be brief i think one thing that um i learned was that i cared a lot about community work um and to the and i knew that it's not a well-paid industry. Like I'm a social worker now. It's not like the highest paid, but I knew that. And, and I will also say like, I was in a fortunate situation in so many ways. I got to live with my aunt. Um, I didn't have, um, the same, I didn't have like a car payment, all these expensive things. Uh, I got to defer my student loans and whatnot, but I learned how to get by on less. And that if I wanted to do this work, I could survive making, like it kind of just made me double down and take a year and say like, Oh, I only need this and I can survive doing this and doing the work that I love and make it. So. Any, any of that that you pull on now, Shannon, as, as you're, I mean, you're still in the, in the nonprofit space. Um, has it, is there any like reflection on, you know, I mean, you're still working with, with families that are entrenched in cyclical poverty. Yeah. I think the main thing, And it's interesting because I've worked now for, since Mission St. Louis, three different nonprofits, different positions and and just like um, perspectives on how to alleviate poverty. Um, I've worked under federal grants. I've worked with like where, what I've worked in situations where like money trickles down in a lot of different places and um, experiencing and knowing just like the immediate needs of bills that people have and just like what it really means to only have $900 and all of that. Um, I've definitely become more like, um, we just got to give folks money wherever we can. So I'm very much an advocate for like paying volunteers, paying community members, um, and, uh, just putting money in people's hands is like the, the best way to alleviate poverty. And I think that time of like, you know, really knowing the dollars and cents of like, this is what this actually feels like. This is what the choices I have to make and all of that um, definitely helps. But I was mm-hmm. in a privileged position as well. So I had a lot of support. How are you kidding? Um, okay, so I always think back to like my second day um, in St. Louis. So first of all, I was like in a new place. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> And I was like, okay, like I'm making this commitment to like live in poverty, which obviously, you know, like I'll never, um, truly know like what it, what it is to like live in poverty because I come from a place of privilege. So, um, like I knew if I needed groceries, like my parents would help me or like if my car broke down, my family would help me. So or, that- or a tree fell on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, things, things like that. So uh, understanding that when I said like, okay, I'm agreeing to live in poverty that I wasn't actually in poverty, but I was like trying to get, get the idea. So, uh, I go to the food stamp office and I'm sitting there and I'm like, so nervous. I'd never been to the food stamp office before. And as far as I know, 
my family had never needed to be on food stamps and thank God. And so I'm sitting in the food stamp office and this very young girl is sitting next to me and she's like, um, I'm like, I can't remember how we started talking to me. As you can tell, I'm a pretty friendly person. So I end up talking to pretty much everyone. And she's like, she has like three little kids with her, like all under the age of like three, probably. And um, a brand new baby. And the baby starts crying and she's like yelling at the kids, like trying to get them together and like struggling to put this baby like in her harness. And she's like, I'm like, do you need help? And I thought she was going to be like, yeah, can you like clip this for me or something? And she's like, looking around, she's like, yeah, can you hold her? And just hands me her baby. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah. Like I, I, so then I took her baby and I was holding her baby and I was like, I am holding a baby or holding a stranger's baby at the food stamp office. And I was like, okay, all right. Like this is, this is a thing for me. Like this is a moment in time that I'll, I won't forget. And so I was like, oh, here we go like here we go so that's something I always remember because we we were like we were so we were so poor like Shannon I don't know if you remember but we used to be like oh my god it's dollar like burger night at places and it was like our big night out to go somewhere when they had hamburgers for a dollar which I don't think you could get a hamburger for a dollar anywhere now but and the only bar we could go to was the one across the street that had when they had like dollar fifty bar beers or something like that. Yeah, we were. Yeah, and we had. Dude, we're definitely in Skent. It is the Vista <laughs> Legacy. Like, is the Vista Legacy? If you want to know, like, the best happy hours. I mean, every Vista just like has it on lock. Oh yeah. Oh, Ashley Whiteman used to have, I think, a spreadsheet of like where it was dollar <laughs> burger night at like any restaurant. Like she literally knew. And like um, oh, yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, but but other than that, I would say like so many things came to light for me personally, like at my time being a Vista, like through Mission St. Louis, but then also something that Vista, I don't I don't know how it works now, but when we were in, like, you used to go to other sites and, like, learn about what they did. And it was more kind of, like, trying to get the full picture of, like, poverty in the area you are working in and growing in. And I just think the overall, like, what I took away is, like, I learned things and saw things that I could never, I, I can never unknow those things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time, I don't know if I really, like, it sounded like a good idea. I've always liked helping people. I always wanted to work in nonprofits, blah, blah, blah. So I just like went with it. But then uh, it kind of like shook me to my core, I would say. And I think I'm a different person for it because you once you know, you can't unknow. And then to ignore that is to be, is to be ignorant and to be what I would call for myself a bad person. So I can't live with myself knowing that. So I'm forever changed, I think, because of my experience. Um, in, in St. Louis and with Mission St. Louis and being a Vista, I mean, it's just, I, it's definitely shaped who I am today as a person, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's interesting having these, I mean, you know, coming back and having these conversations specifically, you know, with you guys and, and, and what you went through, like, I mean, there's a lot of truth that you can always find, you know, this is always where the best happy hours are, but too, too, like the, the, the truth is too, I mean, I think there is a unique perspective that the VISTA program has brought us. And, and it's really, I think, more highly, and you guys have both kind of touched at it, but just like how dignity plays like a central role, right? Until you've kind of walked and you've been to food stamp office and um, it, it's really breathed that piece of like, hey, whatever we do as an organization, 
um, you know, the flag that has to be flown at least the highest is that aspect of like dignity. And I, I you know, I kind of think about some of the things that we're doing now is like, Hey, you know, food stamp office and, and legal help and all of these different pieces. I mean, we, we've kind of really wrestled with like, Hey, if dignity plays a central role in who we are and who we want to be, how are we thinking about space in a way that goes, Hey, because you're loved and you're valued and we love you and care for you. How can we bring some of those resources so that you're not having to bounce to, you know, five, yeah. 10, 15 different places a month to be able to, to re- receive services. And I don't know that we would have as much of that insight had we not, you know, have folks that have been a part of the VISTA program that have, have kind of walked that out. It's, it's, it's interesting just hearing you guys talk about it, how much it shaped us as an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that stands out too is how, or at least something about dignity that stands out in how I think about Mission St. Louis um, and how I think about the work I do now um, is you guys had a lot of people who would come through the program and then become VISTAs. And we worked alongside a lot of people who had, who brought those experiences across the board. And I think that was, um, really powerful and something that has stuck with me as I've gone to other jobs is just like understanding the importance of elevating the voices and experiences of people who live whatever lived experience um, you're working in. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's switch the question up a little bit and talk a little bit about your time at Mission St. Louis. I mean, you guys were there at a super interesting place. Um, when we were on Manchester, both of you guys were, yeah. when we were on Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, very much we were walking through um, maybe like walking into that adolescent stage as a nonprofit organization, meaning that we had kind of slowly begun to figure out where we were planting flags, what we were good at, who we were, that identity was beginning to be shaped. But on the backside, I mean, no processes, procedures. It was a lot of chaos. It was kind of like, leadership by jump ball like hey here's 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 a problem can somebody help help uh, address it um, will you talk about i don't i don't know what all you got maybe you thought a little bit about your time here but i'd love just to hear some stories specifically during that time because you know obviously quite a bit has changed but what's some fond memories you have what's some lessons learned what's some crazy stories uh what do you think back on when you think of mission st louis before you answer that question, what were your expectations when you walked in? What did you think it was going to look like? Okay. I have to say, I, cause I volunteered for a while. And so I saw as a volunteer, um, just a peek of how things worked. I only volunteered for the after school program, um, before, before getting in. And so I would say that, <laughs> what I thought was on the other side of the door, like there's the after school room and then like the other side of the door and the other offices was not what was on the other side of the door. <laughs> in the, in what the do offices. you mean? Like the way, the way that the sausage was made was a lot more chaotic than <laughs> what I saw like for an hour and a half in the after Well, that's good. Program. So we think. Yeah. So I was like, taking it till we make that. look at these geniuses. Like we are running this program and these kids are doing great, you know, whatever, whatever. And then I, I mean, still geniuses, but the why of how your geniuses is, is the pulling it off. Like, wow. Okay. You pulled this off. But yeah, I definitely feel like, but to go back to what Katie said about just like 
in the nonprofit world, being a jack of all trades and really having to, you kind of stick your finger in everything. I think leadership by jump ball is hilarious and just like so true. And, and I mean, I don't know what my expectation, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. That was my first (laughs) job. Uh, uh, outside I mean, of retail. Same. The hotel yeah. wasn't too strict, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I worked. <laughs> so like, I remember the Vista before me, I remember asking her, I was like, this is an office job. Okay. Like it's, isn't, I don't have to fold shirts all day. I don't, when I have downtime, <laughs> do I have downtime? Like, I don't know, whatever. I remember asking her like, so what do you do every day? Like, so how do your days go? Like, I didn't understand how right. work happened. Um, right. But that, getting in there and like kind of having sort of a free fall. I, I don't know. I guess it, I'm tr- I'm not summing this up. Well, I was going to say to sum it up, but I'm, I'm not about to sum it up. But I feel like I got I had a lot of freedom. And so I had the opportunity to have a lot of experiences. And so like I was able like I created some blog content that I never would have created otherwise mm. using pictures and images. I made videos, which I don't even think was an ask, but it was something that <laughs> I could do. And so I was like, I'm going to do this, you know, like yeah. I uh-huh. was able to just like try stuff out um, and, and had the freedom to really try stuff out and be creative. So it was all while also keeping the swag wall fully decorated. For sure. That I is the other that. thing. <sighs> yes. Writing a top hit about lipstick. Yes. Yes. Um, that is the other thing that stands out though, is like dancing, the camaraderie performing in that room. each other. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You seeing my bun over the computer screen every yeah. day and talking about it yeah, all the time. Had, I don't know what it's like now, but <laughs> Shannon, since she was like the media person, she had the big Mac computer, like desktop Mac computer, and we call, called it the big Mac. And Shannon's bun would just be like bobbing back and forth, like, behind the Big Mac. (laughs) You'll be happy to know that we still have that Big Mac. It's not that it's functioning, but I may just like show up with a bow on it. Yeah. yeah. Frame that, baby. I love that thing. I did a lot of good work on that. You did. Your box work, if you ask me. I mean, Um, maybe. Yeah, I, I definitely like, I think, uh, Josh would be asked about like, what did you expect versus like what happened? Like Instagram versus reality. Like I, it was like my first job. Okay. And I went to school on my degrees in public relations, but like what I did at school and like the real world are two totally different things. So I like <laughs> think I'm going to go to this office job and like someone's going to sit down and be like, these are your tasks for the day. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was very much joy just being like, so we like need more um, Facebook likes. <laughs> Can you do that? And I was like, how do I do that? And she was like, that's why you're here. <laughs> I was like, okay. But, and then I was just like, oh, okay. And then I like went back to the business and I'm like, they're trusting me to do this. Like, what the heck? Do you do you remember Shannon? We all had a saying, and mine was like, "Do you think it's okay if I?" Like, <laughs> I do remember I wanted, that. I wanted like ten people to approve every single thing I did, yes. I did it because I was so nervous that like, yeah, it would be like a Facebook post, like, "Join us this Friday for the JLT graduation," and I would be like, "Can you guys all proofread this?" Like, <laughs> Yes. I felt like we had a lot of responsibility, but we, but we also did. 
Yeah. We did. Yeah. I mean, sorry for I mean, cursing, but we did the damn thing. Like we had to, we had no choice because we didn't have someone hovering over us, like do this, do that. And so I think it forced us to kind of grow as employees and as people. I mean, we were young and pretty stupid, <laughs> but we were educated and we were like forced to figure it out. And we did, I think most of the time. I don't, I don't know that. And I, I mean, I think, I think you guys definitely, you know, we, there was no like onboarding process, right? It was just like, welcome to the fire, you know, jump in. But, you know, we talk often about, I mean, we, you know, I, I started the organization kind of still, you know, still leading it. And it came from a very like entrepreneurial aspect, right? Like that started mm-hmm. off a little bit, you know, I, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And we really did like, we did onboard people and be like, listen, if you have an entrepreneurial, you know, attitude, if, if that's something that you're excited about, you're going to love this place. Cause you are going to get ultimate freedom. You are yeah. going to kind of get to be able to create and go. But if, if you need a checklist, if you need to be told what to do, like you're really going to struggle. And it took us a long time to really begin to like, I think be aware of that and then Mm -hmm. to like introduce people to that in the right way. And, and, you know, obviously we're kind of getting to the place where not everybody needs that. We do need an onboarding process. People do need clarity on their job description, but there was was a piece of it that I, you know, I still look back and feel a little guilty. Like there was a piece of it that was probably a little bit unfair just to be like, go. It was all, it was all good. Like I wouldn't t- truly, and I'm not just saying this, like, cause I'm on a call with you, Josh. <laughs> like I wouldn't change anything. Like I really, really wouldn't. Like I wouldn't change how poor I was. I wouldn't <laughs> change like the baptism by fire. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. Like I just don't think that I would be like who I am and not only as a person, but like in the workplace as well, if it wasn't for like the way everything went down. Cause I will say to everyone's credit there, like, yeah, it was like jump in, but I never, I mean, it, we were fully supported at all times. Like, cause I never was like afraid to go to like joy or you or Andy or someone and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I need help. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you guys had a tight group too. We like, had there a, was a lot of, tight we, really we had a great team. I think that was also like the first time I was on a team like that, where we all had our roles, but we kind of worked together. So there was like yeah. so much, like there really was a lot of support, but also every job I've had after that has been, similarly like it was it was good practice to like learn to just like you're gonna you're gonna not know what you're doing a lot of times and you're gonna be like reaching towards a goal like we need more likes I don't know how to do that but I'm gonna figure it out and that's literally yeah in every job I've had like there's been some level of that kind of entrepreneurial like like um, get your wings on the way down kind of thing um this is kind of was like the ramp up to that for sure. Yeah. I remember we did like a Facebook, uh, like giveaway or something or like, a I don't know, some kind of contest. And we like thought it was like the most innovative thing like you've ever heard of in your life. And we were like, I think this one other Facebook did a Facebook contest. Like, let's see what they did. Cause like, it was like the newest, hippest thing. And now right, like, God, right. think about how far we've come. But at the time, we're like, this, this, my friend is the way to get Facebook likes. A contest for y'all. Right, right. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I was making so. photo blogs and it was just like, I just like stacked a bunch of photos and wrote text on, it was like little memes, like little like photo blog memes. <laughs> and 
<laughs> like, oh my this God, is how funny. Such cool <laughs> content. <laughs> such cool content. But you oh have to start God. somewhere. Yeah. You do. You do. So, uh, how funny. So, fondest memories. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all of the events stick out of my mind, like just because event energy is crazy in general. So like being yeah. an affordable Christmas or a night for the town mm-hmm. um, with everybody and just like doing stuff. Um, Where was the gala when you guys were there? Pa- Palladium. Palladium. Oh, Palladium. Yeah, Palladium? Yeah. Wait, was it? Oh, why am I remembering two different places? I was only there. One was Palladium. Uh, one was Moto Museum. Maybe right after that. Or? Um, I don't know. Hmm. It must have been the Palladium there. I was. I was there. Hmm. Um, okay. Other fond memories. Uh, just like walk on for me. Like because I got to take videos and photos I got to just like see all the programs so just like walking around and like meeting neighbors um with the um like with the home repair folks and just like hearing stories and getting to know people like in that neighborhood that I ended up living in later which was kind of (laughs) cool and then um and then uh meeting like all of the guys in in um JLT and beyond jobs Mm -hmm. I volunteered for that program for a while after and just it just continued to impact me like Mm -hmm. just getting introduced to that program and all of those dudes and um having that continued experience I really I agree like JLT which I don't know what it's called now but then it was job and leadership training and like that was probably one of the biggest like eye-opening experiences for me because I think it's just like so easy for society to put people in a box and like label them x y and z and I I think I I grew up in a pretty like open and loving and giving home but like there are still things in the back of your mind like judgment points that you don't even realize that you have you know what I mean yeah if that makes sense and so it was like really like breaking it down like I don't know. I just remember like hearing about some of these guys that had like this child support and like listening to them talk and like their stories and everything. And like, people are just always like child support, like you should pay your child support, like blah, blah, blah. And then like watching these guys come to this class, like every week and like really try to better their life and knowing that they could, they were easily making more money, like being a, a drug dealer and not paying any child support and then trying to do the right thing and just being like, like roadblocks in every corner like yeah. how are they it's ever gonna pay yeah. yeah how and I remember thinking like I can barely like buy a dollar burger like how are these guys and I come from a place mm-hmm. of privilege like how are these guys gonna pay this like thousands of dollars in back child support like what's gonna make them choose this path instead of like well I'm just gonna go sell drugs like I've been doing and make more money and whatever mm-hmm. like they're trying to do the right thing and like Oh, I just remember being like, I remember coming home to my mom and dad and being like, did you know that like these people are trying to better their lives and they can't because of child support? Like, I don't know. That that was just so impactful for me because it's just so easy. Like, and I just say the child support thing because I know that's just such like an easy thing for people to point their finger and be like, well, you should have paid that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. okay. But that's, you don't see the whole picture. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah, I think so that even- was... I think even like sitting in on those sessions, like hearing people talk about 
like struggles with finances and like being parents and being fathers and what that meant to them. I also got to sit in on the sessions where girls weren't allowed because I had the camera. And so like, I just like hearing people being vulnerable and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just, um, sensitive and, and not that they're not the first people that you would think of, right. And in, in our society to have right. really they're vulnerable, labeled deep. criminals or this or that or the other thing. And then they're there like, well, no, I do remember when my, when my dad left or whatever and crying and you're like, oh my God, like everybody like has a story. Like everybody has emotion and like mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. <clears throat> when, um, uh, so, so, so give me, give me a little bit of the bad, right? What was, what was some of the hard parts? What are, what are some of the pieces that, man, we, we really missed the mark or maybe when you guys left, you were a little worried about us in in certain aspects. What was, what was that? Are you a little surprised that we still exist? <laughs> no, I'm not at all surprised that you still exist. Um, I'm not, not either. What were the pain no, points? Like, let me think. <laughs> I think one pain point for me was um, like Mission St. Louis did a lot and like still does. And there's like two and there's like two sides to that, right? There's the side of like, we do a lot. This is a one-stop shop. We are going to try to funnel and make this as easy as possible. And then there's like, all right, we are, um, I heard this analogy not long ago we're like an octopus on roller skates and we've got all of our (laughs) legs going in all of these directions and Uh, we're not doing like we're not necessarily doing anything the best you know or like as well as we could and so there were many times where I would be like are we and I and I have you know now worked for a number of nonprofits now like kind of done community work to the point where I'm like in this philanthropy space to where I'm trying to figure out like what's the best way or most efficient way to get the best benefit to the most people. And um, it's really important for nonprofits to like really know their good lanes. And like, kind of like you said, it was in that startup phase of like figuring out what we're good at and really honing in on that and creating like system and program around what we're really good at. Um, That took us a long time. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, I I think we're, and we're still trying to figure some of that out, but you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, she, like it's too, it's, you know, I look back and, and because we, because unfortunately there's some of the negative aspects of like my personality that have bled into Mission St. Louis, which is like, Hey, don't think a lot of things through. Let's try a bunch of stuff. Let's push, let's go. You know, we've, we've also had to, and, and some of that I think is, is probably right and good, but there's also pieces where, you know, we've had to like cut things and we've seen we've seen programs die hard desk, which involved people and the harm that has been done there. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely that, that aspect of, Hey, you know, we don't, we're not trying to be all things to all people. We're all, we are trying to figure out like, Hey, what works? How do we, how do we love people really well and do something uh, right? But at the same time, you know, we, we've, we've laughed quite a bit, even going through some of these stories about, um, you know, just trying a bunch of things for the sake of trying a bunch of things and really kind of losing the, mm-hmm. hey, where are we going? What does this need to look like? I think I think that's really right and good critique. Y'all still have a recording studio? Yeah, sure do. <laughs> ah! Okay. 
that was so I think funny. that was the dream from like year three. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild. <laughs> yep. And uh, I still don't think Darren Jackson's been in there yet. So. <laughs> oh yeah, Darren! I Come on. Midwest side. That's um, right. Oh my God, how funny! I will wow, say though too, like things. as I reflect on other places I've worked, the work of loving people in a holistic way is messy and really big, and so it's always. I don't know. I feel like I've also seen the pattern of like um, impact comes in increments and you have to take all the, which I definitely saw, right. Like in all the stories and people that I met, like, and being, being able to be that storyteller, like I saw all these stories and all these like interpersonal changes and, you know, little shifts and all that kind of stuff, but holistically loving people in a way that really cares for them um, it takes you all over the place. Like it takes you, it's not just from A to B or A to Z or whatever. It's like, okay, now we got to go deal with this. And now we got to uncover this. And now we have to, um, jump this barrier. And now we have to deal with this trauma. And so it's all, it's, there's a, it's just stacked and layered, like all of the things that are, um, up against us too. So. Yeah. I was thinking that too, like when just this whole conversation, like, it was kind of like, okay, there's a need, we're going. Like it was, which like you said, maybe isn't the best business model, but it was just, I think, led through being like, these people need us and this is what they need. And so we're going to give it to them after years of nobody listening to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're saying, this is what we need. So we will go. Like, yeah. I feel like- Yeah, I think there's a piece of that, Katie. Like. I think you're right. There's also a piece of that. Like, I think in that process, especially as we were just kind of getting really kind of up and running, we were, we were beginning to identify way more holes that we just had never seen or maybe even couldn't see from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I think that's totally true. A lot of that stuff is emergent. Like, mm-hmm. especially when you're like, I see a problem, I'm going to dive in there. Yeah. You dive in and then that's when, you know, you see what's under the surface. Ooh. Dude, that'll <laughs> preach. Yeah, and at, the same time you're like, <laughs> and at the same time, you're like, and we also need money to do all of these things. Oh. And we also need Facebook likes because <laughs> Facebook likes a lot of times equals more money because it equals yeah. more engagement. So like, you know. Yeah, how did that, that that's a great question. And we're, we're constantly, you know, you're constantly wrestling, wrestling with that now. And that has not gone away, gone away as we've grown, right? And you guys doing capacity, you've been in the middle of that. Like, how did you, how do you balance out well the program needs, serving people well, doing the right thing, um, spending the time doing it, and then at the same time going like, hey, in order for us to continue to do this, we have to raise money, we have to yeah. have influence, and we have to market, and we have to be on social media, and and then and then you get into the weird pieces of like, hey, are we exploiting who we're loving mm-hmm, and trying to serve mm-hmm. for the sake of fundraising and, and and it was messy did you guys i mean you guys were both kind of in from a capacity standpoint you were you were both in that space of you know shannon you were you were telling stories that we were going and saying like hey look how look at the impact that we're making and that came with a lot of ass that's that's a really <laughs> difficult thing for i think most nonprofits, but something that that has never gone away we're continually wrestling with like hey are we doing this well within, are we raising funds which we need with integrity? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's difficult. Um, 
it's, and that's something that's come up again, like as I've continued to move in my career and now where I work, we're really trying to figure out like, how do people, how do people tell their own stories and how do we create platforms for people to tell their own stories, to own their own stories, um, and to, you know, define themselves and, 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 uh, put that out there. Um, but it is, it's always, it's always tricky. And I think that, I don't know, that was like the beginning again, right. That was like our first job. So that was like the beginning of everything, but, um, (laughs) beginning of even like thinking about that kind of stuff, but it has carried, it's definitely carried through. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. That's, that's a rock and a hard place. Cause it's like, we need to tell everyone what we're doing so they support us, but also, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. And that's then there's also like, we need to tell everyone what we're doing, but there's also like, we need to tell everyone what the community's doing and what, yep. like how have these, cause I think that's the other side of that is like, if it's, if we're telling someone else's story, who are we uplifting in the story? Are we uplifting ourselves and our work? Are we uplifting that person and their work that they did when they encountered our program or our approach or whatever? Um, I think there's some like nuances there. Um, but at, even at the end of the day, still like it's, it's still someone else's story. And so that's, yeah, also, that's right. always going to be tricky. That's good. Yeah. All right. I'll leave you with this last question. Um, so two part question. What would you, what would you tell you walking into your first nonprofit job? <laughs> and then uh, what, what's your hope for Mission St. Louis over the next 15? You want to go first, Shannon? Um, I think the advice that I would tell myself is uh, that, that everyone is, is winging it until they're, yeah, until they're sure. not, I guess. And so Amen. like, I don't, I just to like take the pressure off and the fear away yeah, and like reduce the fear. It's it. like, no, everybody is legit winging this until they know for sure. And that's a lot. That's a lot of winging. So wing it. It's okay to wing it. Mm-hmm. What was the other question? We're celebrating oh, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's okay, your I'm going to think on that, Katie. Katie. Okay. Get some oh, advice, God. some wisdom. I would say, oh man, drink it all and take in every piece of it in every, like there's so many facets of it. Like, you know what I mean? Not just like working at Mission St. Louis, but like I said, like really shaping who I am as a person, like with learning the the ins and outs of poverty. There was a lot of, you know, because we're so closely related to the journey, like there was a lot of religious, like a religious journey going on in my own brain at the time. Um, I would say, yeah, I would just say like, like Shannon said, I mean, fake it till you make it and take in every single ounce of it because it's, it is a life-changing experience. And I've made, I've made such good friends while I was there. Like I still, every once in a while, keep in touch with Mandy Zolzer. Obviously Shannon, like Shannon came to Youngstown, Ohio to visit me. I was in Abby's wedding. I was in Ashley's wedding. Like I, I mean, I made like some of my best friends for life being mm-hmm. a Vista. Um, so yeah, find your people, fake it till you make it and drink it all in. That's Dude, what I would yeah. say. That, I think that could be a, that could be a, a meme for Shannon could make right there. We're just going to quote that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 But she's talking about drinking and experiences. 
Drinking yeah. and experiences, right? And water. Drink experiences and water. <laughs> and find the best coffee hours. <laughs> I would just say, like, I know, like, with growth, like, everything we talked about, like, there are bumps in the road. And, like, with growth, you know, you have to do have a better business plan and this and that. And the other thing that I just hope, like, the heart of Mission St. Louis, which is, like, we see a problem, we go. Like, we help the people. We're trying to just love people and, and lift them up that way. Like, I hope that never changes for Mission St. Louis. And whatever it looks like in the future, I hope that always remains. And I think it will. But, um... Yeah, I mean, you guys will figure it out. You'll figure out anything that comes your way, I'm sure of it. As long as you keep the faith and keep the, the right idea, I'm sure whatever the next 15 years has will be great. You'll never have another Katie Ergang or Shannon Dickinson. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only one of we each of us in this world. We gave up on that five years ago. We just could never. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, Katie. yeah, you're welcome. I have like big hopes for our region. Um, it just in like general, like um, big policy hopes, just big hopes. So like, I would love to see 15 years where all of the nonprofits are saying, Hey, we can take one step back. And then like another 15 years, we can take another step back mm, because our region yeah. is like at a place where things are like policies and, and, systems are supporting people in a way that um nonprofits can like aren't the aren't the the main source of like mercy or yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's right that's beautiful thanks for uh thanks for being a part of this thanks for jumping on this call but more importantly thanks for all that you've invested into the life of of mission st louis um you guys have uh have left a mark on us and i am uh, i think i can speak well i'll just tell you thank you but i think on behalf of our organization too thanks for all you've done for us we sure love you thank you thanks for inviting us to reflect yeah this was so fun Good. It was so right, good to look back and recall it all. So it's, it was fun. Thanks for having us. It's awesome. All right. This ends uh, this episode. Um, Katie, Shannon, thanks for uh, being a part of it. Continue to tune in to say that. Say this as we celebrate 15 years. Love you guys.